Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a teaching with TBA rabbinic resident David Kaplinsky. So I came up with this idea of um, what to teach partially inspired um, just by the idea of having a series, which another one of our rabbinic residents, uh, Julia Nablach, um, did about uh, Israeli poetry is is in the classes that I'll teach about in third meal. Um, I had the idea of next week's Midrash tonight, right? Because we're already reading the Torah reading for the coming week. Uh, that was read really beautifully today. And so we're thinking about next week and we're thinking about the Torah portion to come. And so uh, I thought it'd be interesting to look at some uh, greatest hits of uh, Midrashic readings, of uh, rabbinic readings um, on the text. And over the course of um, COVID, um, I spent a lot of time um, on Shabbat just reading Midrash because I found it really interesting, uh, fascinating, the, the, the connections that the rabbis draw and also the stories that fill in the gaps. Um, and one of my favorite Midrashim is Midrash Tanhuma, which is, um, is, is a homiletic, series of homiletic Midrashim, similar to, to Midrash Rabbah. It's, um, it, meaning that they're, they're Midrashim that, that were meant to be spoken, we think, at least to some extent as sermons, right? That they're supposed to be, um, little, little snippets of, of Divrei Torah. Um, of rabbis past. And um, we'll look a little bit and maybe get to learn a little bit of, of, of how Tanhuma and, and Midrash Rabbah, you know, um, use different verses from different parts of the Torah to connect us back to the portion that uh, we're currently in. And we'll see a little bit of that. Um, so uh, we'll just get started a little bit. Um, we're looking at Toldot. And this Midrash, um, you'll see, is exploring a little bit of, of what it means um, how our generations interact, how uh, parents influence children. Is it possible, you know, in some sort of cosmic way that children and grandchildren actually have an effect on grandparents? <laughs> Obviously, you know, chronologically, maybe scientifically, we have trouble with that. But the Midrash is, is playing with the idea that the merit of future generations can possibly have a positive impact even on previous generations, um, sort of through through the idea that God anticipates this. Now, we'll get into that. All right, so the Midrash starts, so there's a number of Midrashim on Toldot, and, and often with Tanhuma, they'll, they'll take the first line of the Midrash, and you'll have seven, eight, ten different interpretations of just the first line of the Torah text. So this is one that struck me this week. So the first line of the of the Torah next week, Torah portion next week is Ve'ele toldot Yitzchak. Avraham holiyad Yitzchak. Right? These are the generations of Isaac, uh, Abraham's son. Avraham begot Isaac. Right? It actually doesn't say Avraham's son. That's uh, in the translation. These are the generations of Isaac. Abraham gave birth, or uh, his progeny is Isaac. So it says, Zeshamarakatuv ateretz kenim. Right, the scripture states elsewhere. He's going to pull the mid the midrashist 
as uh, our teacher, Dr. Arya Cohen, likes to say, pulls from a whole different part of the Torah to show how the Torah is all connected and says uh, from, Tehili, uh, from Proverbs, from Mishle, grandchildren are the crown of their elders and the glory of children is their parents. And so they're going to kind of take these two and see what do they have to do with each other. Um, so the, the idea that they're pulling out of this is the righteous are saved by their grandchildren and their children are saved by their fathers. So they're playing with the idea of, um, of an atara, right? Or, um, or a teret, right? Which is a crown. And there's also a, a Hebrew verb that is related to that, but actually means to save, to kind of encircle and protect in a certain way, like the same way that a crown is uh, encircles. Um, so they're playing on this idea of ateret, um, so that righteous are saved, but they're also the crown of their grandchildren and their children are the crown of their fathers. So the Midrash says, Ketzad, how do we know this? You give this, this pretty bold statement. Avraham nit ater bizchut Yaakov, so we know this from that Abraham was uh, saved for Jacob's sake. After Nimrod caused Abraham to be hurled into the fiery furnace, the Holy One, blessed be he, descended to rescue him. Okay, so the, this is the idea of the future merit coming back on the grandfather. Um, and they're going to give a proof for why do they think this? Why would Jacob be the person to uh, help Avraham in this case? Avraham's got a, a lot of his own merit. So th- it goes on to explain, and I'll just go into English a little bit. The ministering angels thereupon explained, exclaimed, Master of the universe, why do you trouble to save him since so many wicked men will descend from him? You know, we have a lot of angel-human rivalry in our uh, Midrashim. Uh, that, you know, there's the idea of, of when uh, the, the Torah was given, the angel said, why are you going to give it to these flesh and blood nobodies? We're the ones, um, which, which gets refuted. So again, the angels are stirring up trouble for the humans uh, and saying, you know, there's going to be wicked people descending from Abraham. Not every, you know, Israelite or Jew is going to be a, a good person necessarily. And the Holy Blessed One said... I shall save him for the sake of his grandson, Jacob, who will descend from him. Okay, so again, we have this idea. Why Jacob? Where do we know this? Rabbi Berechia said, it is written, Lachen ko amar Adonai el Beit Yaakov asher pada et Avraham. So it pulls from, uh, from Isaiah, from the prophet Isaiah, who, who is, uh, you know, doing a, a prophecy about, you know, the terrible state that Israel's in, but how God is going to redeem them as, as he's wont to do. Uh, Assuredly, thus said the Lord to the house of Jacob, who redeemed Avraham. So you look at this line and you think, okay, the house of Jacob redeemed Avraham? How can that be? Jacob's after Avraham. So they're reading into this idea from Isaiah that Jacob, somehow the merit of his future generations saved him in this moment, this make or break moment. For Avraham, that is, he redeemed him from the furnace for the sake of Jacob. So they're imagining this redemption to be uh, this story of saving from the furnace. Hence, <laughs> therefore, fathers are saved for the sake of their descendants. It's obvious. All right. So, what is this stuff about the furnace, right? Because that is not in the Torah. Um, you know, there's a lot of 
Midr- we, we have the, the constant challenge every year when we get to Lech Lecha and we get to the story of Avraham, uh, or Avram first. Why this guy? Why does God say, go from your land? And the, and the Midrashim are uh, abundant trying to fill in the gap of that understanding. And so there is this Midrash that uh, Abraham, after Abraham destroys all the idols of his father's shop, his father is so fed up with him, he sends him to the authorities, um, namely uh, the, the king of, uh, of Ur, who is Nimrod. Um, and we can uh, take a look on the other side. We can hop over to another uh, Midrashic text, Breshit Rabbah, um, and, and look at the story of, of this whole uh, fiery furnace. So it says, Thereupon Terach seized him and delivered him to Nimrod. Uh, Let us worship fire, Nimrod said. Let us rather worship water, which quenches fire, Avraham said. Let us worship water, Nimrod said. Let us rather worship the clouds, which bear water, Avraham said. Let us then worship the clouds, Nimrod said. Let us worship the wind, which disperses the clouds, Avraham said. Let us worship the wind, Nimrod said. Let us worship human beings, which can stand up to win, Avram said. You are just bandying words, and we will worship nothing but the fire. Behold, I will cast you into it, and let your God, whom you adore, come and save you from it, Nimrod said. So this is, this is the kind of, you know, crux of Avraham, Avraham's discovery of this God who is more powerful than all the forces of nature, um, a standoff with, you know, one of the great... Uh, idol worshippers of the time, and also other midrashim say, you know, Nimrod. These leaders were often thought of as gods themselves. So Abraham, in his iconoclastic role, is standing up to a god who also believes in other uh, gods. And Nimrod throws him into the fire right after this series of different things that he's able to parry and uh, and contradict. Um, and of course, he's saved. And so the Midrash is saying that that saving came from Yitzchak. And that's partly because also that, that first line, right? Ele todot Yitzchak, Avraham holid et Yitzchak, right? That, that we have the, the generations of Isaac, right? The future generations put side by side with the previous generation. Avraham caused Yitzchak to be. But Yitzchak also is going to have other generations, so that there's somehow like there's somehow a, a, a mutual connection between the generations, one way and another. So that's sort of what they're they're playing with in this midrash. You know, convincingly we can talk about it. Okay, so then the second part um, is this is the continuation of, of Tanchuma. So that's how we know that with this idea, this mystical or, or uh, otherworldly idea, that the future generations can be uh, a savior for the past generations. So how do we know that children are saved because of their fathers? Uh, at the time that Jacob fled from Lavan and was being pursued by him, the Holy One, blessed be he, appeared before Lavan on the road and said, Take heed to thyself that thou speak not to Jacob either good or bad. Right? right? This is God coming to Lavan in the dream and saying, Don't you mess with Jacob. I got his back and bad things will happen. So when Lavan and Jacob met uh, and began to rebuke each other, Jacob said to Lavan, 
Lulei Elohei Avi Elohei Abrahamu Fachad Yitzchak Hayali. Right? Had not the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac been with me, you would have sent me away empty-handed. That's the rest of the verse. We didn't get the full one in Hebrew. Hevei zechut Avraham hitzilatoli Yaakov. Hence, it was only Abraham's merit that saved Jacob. So Isaac was saved because of Avraham, and Avraham was saved because of Jacob. Right, so it's bringing it back to the first line, right? That that because it mentions specifically that Abraham um, brought forth uh, Isaac, that he is directly responsible for Isaac's um, good luck, right? His 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 merit and his benefit. Okay, so so we kind of have this 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 um, you know multi multi street. Um, ability to to merit and help the future generations, and we pulled it straight from this situation with Lavan, where Jacob was protected, and he specifically mentions Abraham. Um, so so far, uh, what are your what are any thoughts about uh, about this? Do you buy it? Do you uh, do you like the idea of of one way versus the other? This kind of meriting. Do you think that this exists in reality, or is this just a nice? idea that the rabbis bring forth. Yes. Very nice. Mm. Mm. <laughs> right. Great. Great. So just to translate that back, that's awesome. My, pre- my pleasure. Thank you. to you. Um, just to, to bring that back to those on Zoom and, and to kind of just process that because there's a lot. So, so one, the idea, um, remind, remind me, your, remind me your name? Irv. Irv. Thank you, Irv. I'm working on, I'm trying to get everybody, uh, solid. So, uh, so Irv was saying that, um, one, the feeling that he had when he was able to, uh, help out his father and his father's business, um, was kind of this, this, this feeling of, is connected to this that it's sort of the meriting of uh, of helping other generations, right? Seeing how his dad taught him to do that and how he can contribute back is what I was reading out of it, and also um, and also speaking about his family history and, and his Holocaust surviving family and how his his grandfather broke away uh, politically from the family and also you know religiously. Um, so just thinking about the interplay of of the of the generations that we. We, we touch on in this um, how there are positive and negative pushes and pulls of the different generations and we can have feelings of help from the past and also we want to break away from the past and you know but we don't know necessarily maybe maybe that breaking away was the the merit that uh, all the generations needed yeah Jackie yeah mm. Great. So, so just to put that in, if you want to say more as well, uh, Jackie was mentioning that that it really does the midrash, and I noticed this too. That the midrash really does dance around Isaac, even though it starts with Isaac, um, you know, and specifically says Avraham is Isaac's father, and, and the midrash is playing off that. It focuses a lot more on Yaakov. <laughs> There's a sense that the rabbis are a little bit uncomfortable with with Isaac as he stands, and also with the relationship that he has with his father you know, due to the Akedah and all these other factors. I noticed today in the in the Torah reading, maybe I'd seen it before, but it hit me anew. 
was that Isaac settles down. It says Isaac dwelled in Be'er Lachai Ro'i, which is, is the area that his brother Ishmael was cast out to with, with Hagar, where God saved Hagar in the desert. That Isaac ends up settling in that very same place feels like a little more than coincidence somehow that there's that there's things that Isaac is is confronting but yeah the midrash i think does have a stronger sense of avraham and a stronger sense of yaakov as our ancestral examples and right and, and Isaac's story is is a little bit undercut right and we and we we hear from him but he's a mysterious character and we hear from him in bits and pieces um and it does come around at the end though but just like just as the the cap right that right hence it was it was abraham's merit that saved jacob so isaac was saved because of avraham and avraham was saved because of jacob now that's just interesting you got to like draw a map there right <laughs> like uh isaac connected abraham jacob abraham this way and then back um yeah but it it does draw on those people that we 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 feel more strongly about how we what we know about them and how they connect to us so really good point Anybody else? Any other thoughts before? Yes, Rabbi Chorney, please. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, thank you for bringing that up because that was something I was thinking about in this. Uh, Rabbi Chorney was asking about what what I might think the relationship is between um, the visiting the sins of of the fathers on the children, right? And in that we have also in the, in the attributes of God, um, right? Through the fourth generation and onward. Um, what's the relationship between that kind of, that negative punishment or, or, or reverse merit and this version of positive merit? Yeah, I think it's, I think this sheds a little light on that because I think often we, we look at that and we say, we can't blame the future generations for, you know, what their parents did. And in a certain sense, absolutely, we make our own decisions. Like, it's it's not fair to us, right? We just, it, it violates our sense of fairness. Um, at the same time, right, that there's that there's a way, um, you know, I think a lot of people have, have tried to, to logic this out by saying, well, there's, there's the idea of intergenerational trauma, right? Things that affect parents, um, somehow in certain ways affect uh, the children and potentially the grandchildren, depending on what it is. And obviously, you know, I still think that, that, you know, people have the ability to, 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 to counter that into some extent, but it's a hard force. It's, it's, it's something that sets people back. That's very difficult. Um, so, yeah. So I think in this case, like, I think, I think if we see that it's that particular admonition, that the gener- future generations might suffer for the sins of the parents, if we counterbalance it with, okay, but they don't just visit the sins of the parents, they're also benefited by them, right? It's not a zero-sum game. Also, we know no one's perfect. We know even people who, who you know, we consider not behaving particularly well have did great things and had great moments, and that also passes on. So it, it, I think it actually fills out the picture that it feels a little less... Um, difficult to stomach, uh, just the simply negative. If if we're thinking of it in a more holistic way, that it's 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 the trauma, but it's also the care and the kindness, and and what we learned from our from our ancestors as well. 
And hopefully the way that we behave can also redeem that as well, right? That we can, when we, when we act in a way that would make them proud, that is the merit that's coming back in a certain way. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.